GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of the Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me remotely, my co-hosts, my producers, the Deadite Knight, and Player One Miggy. How you guys doing? Hey, what's going on? I am so excited. This is the only place that I can guarantee you are safe from the idiotic Facebook avatars that are ruining your Facebook feed. You can you can leave Facebook behind. We're live on Mixer. You're listening to us on a podcast. Just delete Facebook forever. Don't look at your dumb friends making pictures that they think look like them. And forget that that's ruining your life and stressing you out. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just boiling me up with rage. It's not happening here. We're talking video games. No, There's a lot I, of stuff uh, boiling rage Yeah, I don't know. I see it, and I'm just like, isn't this like the 17th time that we've gone through this on, on like Facebook where it's like, oh, Bitmoji. Oh, um, yeah. What, what is this even? I don't even know who makes these ones, but still. I've I seen... think it's from Facebook. I don't know. I stay yeah. away. I don't, I don't have Bitmojis. I don't have any of that crap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so once again, we're just watching this rehash of people assuming they're being creative or something when they just run this generic program and let it let it. Do I'm stuff, an artist. But, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I've been seeing them all over the place, and I'm just like, here we go again. Here we go again. <laughs> but Let uh, people have fun. I think Facebook just bought uh, Giphy or whatever for like $400 million. Yeah, so, so we'll see oh, wow. how yep. we're gonna, the next wave of that's going to be coming to you once they integrate that better into Facebook, which, um, you know, we'll see when that happens. But anyways, this is a video game podcast and welcome to episode 313 of the GameZilla podcast brought to you by our patrons. If you're not a patron already, you're missing out and Deadite's going to tell you why. Listen, I'm holding back a cough right now. Not that I'm sick or anything. I just tea went down the wrong pipe, I guess. So if I start coughing in the middle of this, just know that your Patreon contribution will go to the continued life of this podcast well after I have departed from this planet due to choking on my hot tea. So please go to patreon.com slash games media and support us. Every dollar goes to the life, growth, and success of the Games of the Podcast, and it means so much to us. Again, patronage starts at as low as just $1 per month, and they'll give you some awesome perks, but the real cream of the crop is that $5 a month level that gives you exclusive access to shows produced by the entire Games of the Media Network. Every show on GameZillaMedia.com has a bonus show exclusive to Patreon for you. So go there, give it a listen. Again, that includes the GameZilla podcast, Muster Bust. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we tell you what video games to buy and which ones not to buy. It sounds like it's worth $5 a month because we'll save you a ton of money. So go to Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia and start your contribution and your patronage today. Mickey, I know that you had to go and put that up there for tonight. <laughs> 
Just you, made, ever... you made a liar out of me. Yeah, you just You're made a liar out of from this now. And whatever you do, don't ever do whatever you just did because I got some crazy echo in the recording. So yeah, um, really? Yeah, it was like looped, looped audio and everything of us talking. So that Deadhead's gonna Deadhead's gonna love that because it's not gonna be fixable. All we need to you discuss can show, all that you could show this stupid image. You yeah, made a fool out of me. We need to discuss this after the show because I, I need to find out how to share audio now. No, hmm. no, we don't. Yes. we're good. Yeah. Anyways, you've you've made a liar out of me, Miggy. Yeah. Also, looks exactly like me though. Yeah. Uh, sure. A I bald guess. black guy. I mean, I'm not wearing a mask, but I mean, it looks exactly like me. I have never seen yes, you. Yes, and this orange-faced fox on this mug looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen you wear a gray zip-up hoodie, okay? So get out of here. Anyways, thank you, patrons. Really appreciate everybody that uh, supports us there on Patreon. Uh, we got a big show for you, so we're going to be talking about the uh, the future engine that is going to be changing gaming in the, and uh, we're going to be talking about some upcoming video games, maybe a blast from the past hitting us. And then as well, we have a very good discussion topic today uh, revolving around meta, the meta of gaming. Let's just put it the meta of gaming and, and how it impacts us. So we'll get into that later on in the show. But um, without wasting any other time, let me click on some buttons so that Mickey doesn't think that he wasted his time doing all this. We're going to get into the news. Mickey, it's your turn. I, I failed the last couple of weeks. So here's the news. New, 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 news. That sounds like you said nude five times and then said news. So now here's the nude news. Great. Nope, 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 nope. Oh God, we're all banned. That was some <laughs> that was some collarbone. Mixer doesn't put up with collarbone. Anyways, I got my nips perform. are below my shot. We'll be fine. I can be wearing a tube top. This is not Twitch. This is Mixer. It's different. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> topic number one. What do you guys want to talk about? I mean, we let's be honest. We're going to talk about <laughs> Unreal Five. Yeah, it, we need yeah, we need. Yeah. What else is there to talk about? There's not Unreal Five. <laughs> came out on the uh, Summer Games Fest show that was put on by uh, Jeff... Is it Neely? Did I get it? Keely. Keely? Oh, Keely. There you go. Kitnit. <laughs> Anyways, there was a show, and uh, this is kind of like the replacement for E3. Um, Jeff's putting on shows each month, and then there's some other companies doing state of... PlayStation's doing state of plays. Uh, you got Inside Xbox... Um, obviously Nintendo Directs, things like that. But this is kind of like a new, one of the new shows to, to come out. And I thought he did a good job. I thought it was, you know, uh, done pretty well for a remote type deal that you're, you're limited to your creativity here. But he brought on the uh, Epic Games team and they showed off their brand new Unreal 5 engine coming, <gasps> coming in 2021. And, uh, yeah, it was really, really impressive. I think this was that first sign of, like, what the next gen really can do for us. Um, this was focused very heavily around the PS5. So everything that we got to see uh, in this tech demo, okay, tech demo. Let's make sure we understand this. Was, was be, it a gameplay reveal? It was not a real game. It was a tech demo. Um, was running on the PS5. And they did that. Because they really wanted to 
focus and talk about how the SSD and the IO interface of the PS5 is really advanced. In fact, currently, they would say this is more advanced than PC gaming. So that's pretty cool. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's no, cool it's awesome. to sit here and hear about uh, a console that is actually, you know, running against PC uh, to in a certain way. I'm not not in all ways. Okay, I understand graphically and everything. There's all sorts of stuff out there to argue about, but in the speed and the way that it can handle bandwidth and the way that it can pump out just an amazing amount of data, the PS5 seems to be um, a really cool device for that. So. It, it's important to note with that, this is a third party saying that. This isn't Sony saying that in a in a press release or something. This is a, a one of the leaders in development coming out and saying how powerful and what a great you know architecture is available on the PlayStation Five. That that adds a little extra weight to the comments to me. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, there's obviously the fanboys have already started running around and saying, well, yeah, I mean, if I, w if I could throw money at Epic Games, they'd talk about my system, too. Obviously, for the uh, for the haters on the on the other side, you got the PlayStation fanboys. They're sitting there and it's like, see, the PS5 already won. <laughs> it's like, pump the brakes, everybody. Pump the brakes. We're just talking about an engine that will be used everywhere. Not just the PS5, but the Xbox Series X, the Nintendo Switch, the PC, and yes, even mobile gaming, Miggy. You're yeah. the only mobile gamer I know, so that's why I pointed you out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. I've got some games that they, they've done. They've done amazing with the uh, Unreal. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited. So the big thing about Unreal Engine 5 that we got to learn about uh, this week was that we, we learned a few, like features within it or a few parts of it uh, they're called the uh, nanite and the uh what was the other one lumen nanite mm -hmm. and lumen functionality of of this system and how in the past unreal engine has been used like also re realize that unreal engine is used outside of gaming for many many things uh, a show that i loved and many of us have loved the mandalorian was heavily using on the unreal engine for a lot a lot of that show so what they've managed to do with Unreal Engine 5 and these and these features that we were talking about is use cinematic level items, cinematic level designs in gaming. Before, what you would do is you would take a cinematic design that had millions and millions of uh, triangles and pixel pixels, however you want to look at it, and then they would dumb it down. Right? They would they would actually downgrade that 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 item so that it could run on a in a video game what unreal engine 5 is basically trying to do and what they showed us in a tech you know a tech demo within one little level is that it can be done and the same assets that a movie theater would be or that movie developer publisher and everything would be using the game side of it can use at the same time and so we got to see some very impressive, high graphic fidelity, you know, millions and billions, millions and billions of, of triangles and, and why that matters and all this. But what it really turned into was a very, very beautiful gameplay that we were watching them, you know, work through. 
And so from from rock formations and crumbling of, of environments to lighting that was just phenomenal and, you know, um, particle effects that looked really, really some of the best that we've seen. Um, but in the end, what it really showed us is that we've already kind of talked about it a little bit, how assets and everything are going to be loading in real time. Things aren't, we're not going to have to go through a maze from point A to point B so that assets can unload and then new assets can reload. You know, the, the old tricks, you know, within game design is gone because now when you spin 180 degrees, everything that you're about to see is literally loading in real time. And on top of that, here is a level of fidelity, a level that we've never seen loading in real time. And that's pretty cool. The other advantage is that these things are loading in real time and they're, they're organic items within the world. So if a patch comes through or a, or, or a level is designed and then someone wants to make an adjustment, they don't have to worry about the fact that like, Oh well, the lighting's going to hit this differently now. I have to go back in and cheat this because everything was already in the past. Things would be cheated and things would be predetermined on breakpoints and all these different things. So then, if you started to mess with stuff, you could break a bunch of other things within the game. Now, what they're saying is, hey, yeah, we're going to put this item, we're going to move this item in this room a little bit differently because of you know this issue we found and all that's going to happen is that everything that's going on with the lighting and every other environment impacting piece is going to react to that movement automatically because they're all cohesively alive together in this in this environment and they showed it to us and it was uh, it was really cool the uh, lighting effect they use with the light orb uh, where she would hold it like uh, where it's floating above her hand, and then she would cup her hand forward to kind of give it like a housing, which then created a beam outwards, and you could see how it would react to the environment and things like that. But it was it was amazing. It was it was amazing. And you know, the first thought I had near the end scene where she's kind of flying, running, and jumping, and trying to trying to get to that portal at the end is. God, imagine! I don't know why, but I said, imagine what Spider-Man would look like. I don't do that. That to was me. that was that the thought me. I had because of, I think because of the movement and just the quickness, yes. I was like, imagine web slinging through New York or whatever, you know, just through it all, and how amazing that would that would look and feel. It's funny that you said that because I started, I got back into playing Spider-Man on PS4 this week after watching that. I remember two years ago thinking Spider-Man is the best looking video game I've ever played. Like, I just love, I love, you know, swinging. It's the sun's rising. You're swinging through New York and it's just beautiful. The light bouncing off the buildings. It looks so good. And after watching that tech demo and going back to play, it goes, oh, two years hasn't necessarily been the the most kind to this game. I thought was so beautiful two years ago after seeing what's going to happen um, with with Unreal 5. So I, that, that gave me a little extra excitement for the next generation when I could, you know, kind of contextualize something that I did enjoy, you know, visually not that long ago compared to what I'm going to be seeing soon. That's what I've been wanting out of some of the, some of this new new gen information. Yeah. I think the other cool thing that uh, didn't surprise me because we're talking Epic Games here is 
their backwards compatibility and their willingness to share and just kind of create this open world for people to use these tools. They have already talked about how other old games, like even Fortnite, that run on Unreal Engine 4 will be able to be converted to Unreal Engine 5. And what that can mean for a game that was designed on an old platform and how it can gain some of those advantages of Unreal, Unreal Engine 5 just by simply upgrading. You know, that's pretty cool. You, you know, you would think, normally you would think, oh, well, I have to make a new game. I, I'm not going to be able to leverage a lot of this, you know, because I built this on an old platform. Um, but they, they seem to think that this is going to be something that they can do with Unreal Engine 5 and that other people will be able to take advantage of it as well because, like I said, so many projects have been used, uh, have been using Unreal Engine 4. So it'll be interesting to see how some games might get a second life in the next generation, not just because I'm going to re-release my game on, say, a PS5 or an Xbox Series X, but because I'm actually going to re-release it with new additional features, new additional fidelity, things like that that would bring people back to, say, look at what maybe Gears 4 or Gears 5 might look like on the Xbox Series X, not just because of an upconvert, but because of an actual engine overhaul of the game. So It's going to make uh, ports and remasters uh, of you know older games probably a lot more accessible and easier for studios to do, which with games on demand being more of a service with uh, Game Pass and, and whatever PlayStation Now is going to become, that gives more possibility to be able to enjoy these old games in new ways, possibly without having to pay extra money to rebuy them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's um, it's really cool. It's a really cool time. I feel like this is that first piece that we've seen to really start to like imagine what we're going to get in the first couple of years and obviously the next five to seven years of this upcoming generation that we're getting at the end of 2020. But I mean, I was impressed. I was a little annoyed of how much PlayStation like, like just they kept just sticking it in there. And it was more or less, um, I, I don't want to say it was the host. It wasn't Jeff. It it wasn't it wasn't um, the the head of Epic Games, but together they just kind of kept beating a dead horse. It was like, yeah, we get it, we get it. You almost because you said it so much, it almost does feel like Sony gave you some money to keep saying it, and you know. But at the same time, I think it honestly, like genuinely, was that's how excited they are about this technology that's in this PS5, and that's great to hear. That's really exciting. And hopefully Sony can see what they just did and be like, oh, we should piggyback off that because you're already set, like they set you up. They set you up. Well, now, now, you know, come on, let's, let's do this. Show me the system and, and get me excited and show. And, you know, the other thing I'm excited about, I think that we can make a mention about this topic too, is that Unreal Engine 5 is a very, is one of the most popular de developing engines in the world. Or sorry, four is right now. Five will be. Um, but this gives us a lot of hope to see what other companies are going to release as their game engine. So I think you know, Epic Games is not the only option out there, and and there are people like you know Naughty Dog and other other developers that have um, developed good engines that they build off of that I want to see what the next generation is or the enhancements are. And I mean, a big one that I really want to see 
And it's not because they have a great track record, but Bethesda has talked over and over and over again that they are, that they have a new game engine. Like, I want it to be at this caliber of, of capabilities. So, you know, and really see Bethesda games take a giant leap uh, this generation. Not because Bethesda games are bad. And, I mean, there are plenty of people out there that some of their favorite games of all time are Bethesda games. But we all know that their current engine is archaic. And it needs they need something new. And after seeing this, now, you, now our expectations, you know, are set at a certain... We got the bar set. So now you need to be around that or better. So, like, what does Grim, Rockstar you... having? Yeah. Did you see uh, in the blog that coincided with this announcement where they broke down what the financial um, cost of using Unreal 5 was going to be for the developers? Um, I, I thought as far as cost-wise, it was super affordable. It's more affordable than four was it, yeah. And This is me trying to re regurgitate the facts. I know for sure what it is going to be for five. I believe for four, it is free to use until your game makes $3,000. And then beyond that, it's like a 5% royalty right. with unreal five. It's going to be free until your game makes $1 million and then the 5% royalty kicks in. So that makes it for these really startup developers to have, to have, have the tools and not need to worry about it. And Epic only makes money once the game is very successful. If a game sell, sells a million dollars worth, well, yeah, then the, then, okay. They can afford to give 5% back to Epic for the tools to create the game. So I thought that, that was awesome to find out that, Epic was making it even easier for small developers to find success using Unreal. Yeah, I mean, that's that's huge for them, and obviously it sets them up well when you start to think about their other... the things that they, that they have their hands into with, obviously, mm -hmm. the Epic Game Store, and which has one of the best return on investments for uh, people to post their games and sell uh, compared to Steam and other platforms. So, I mean, they are really building themselves in a way where someone like me, if I wanted to make a video game, it makes no sense to not get involved with them. You know, like, I, I like, these have to be, this has to be one of my, like, go-to options because the tools are some of the best in the world. The cost is not there you know, and if it does does start to cost me money, it's because I'm making money. So you know, like that is a win win from from the standpoint of someone that you know that single guy making a game in his garage to even the ten, twenty, thirty person team that's making their first video game ever. Like it just makes a ton of sense, and it continues to build their indie scene within the Epic Game Store. And really, yeah, I mean, these guys are smart. They're already making more money than they ever need in their own game. And then you think of these other avenue streams that they're making. These these guys are they're they're rolling. I like how do you you just get out of their way because Epic Games right now is unstoppable. And they just showed it again with an amazing tech demo. Guys, that's it. I want you to think about this. Try not to get too excited. But Fortnite, Unreal 5. Let's go. 
Let's and, go. And they brought it. I mean, they brought it up how it could evolve the game, and you know they didn't get into specifics because they probably weren't allowed to. But let's be honest, they know what they're how how it's going to evolve because they've been talking about how Fortnite is going to be this this world this 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 whole experience outside of just a battle royale, and you start to think about what they can do with some of these mechanics that they showed us in this tech demo, and you go, man. <clears throat> like your brain I can't even really like I started to think about it during the show and I was like what does this mean for Fortnite and I'm like I had a hard time even coming up with like a, an idea I was like well imagine what you know we, right now you think about the hours the time you know the amount of players and all the crazy things that got built in the creator mode of of mm-hmm. Fortnite and how it's even of the things that got created in that influenced Fortnite and you go, imagine what people could do with more control, with more ability, but still user-friendly interaction. I mean, like, it's going to be insane. People are going to build entire cities. The destruction you know, environment, the, the the lighting, all of yeah, that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Fortnite's... Any, anything on Unreal Engine um, is set up to benefit from this right out the gate but but i think yeah obviously their first party stuff is you're really excited and interested to see what they do because here's the guy here's the company that built it and here's their game that uses it and they already talked about how the team the fortnite team has already been playing with unreal engine 5 so you also have a team that because they're in-house and they get first dibs so they're already trying to break rules and figure out limitations and see how far they can push this thing. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be wild. I, I mean, and the, the cool part about it is it's not that far out. We're talking early, early 2021 is when, when uh, we're going to see Unreal Engine 5. So, and it's going to, yeah, it's going to blow. We're going to, we're going to see some pretty impressive stuff. So, but all right, that was uh, that was our topic around Unreal Engine. It was a great show, uh, the uh, Summer Games Fest, and I look I look forward to the, the next. I'm not sure what the next topic's going to be yet coming from that from that show, but we're uh, it was a good first run for them, and I expected good things because you're talking about the creator of the Video Game Awards, uh, which we we gave uh, saying high praise on uh, last year, and you know he's been uh, Jeff's been involved in. E3 for years and just I mean the dude the dude doesn't know how to stop and his content that he creates is very high quality so he just needs to keep it up because in this day and age where we don't have conventions and we don't have these these things this is what we need and and our developers and and, and publishers and all these companies that are trying to deliver product need these outlets so I'm glad people are giving them that type of exposure all right. Oh my gosh! Can we get a Star Wars with on this engine? Just oh, I mean, oh, I can't wait for the future. Fallen Order Two or whatever. Oh. Yeah, who knows? All right, next topic. We got some game announcements. So uh, Deadite, we're gonna start with a little Nintendo game that no one's ever heard of. Why don't you let us know what's going on with this this game that probably no one's gonna care about. No one would care at all about the next installment of Paper Mario, the Origami King. Um, I'm not sure how many Paper Mario games there's been. My gut says this might be the sixth one. Um, But 
Paper Mario ha- ha- is sort of Nintendo's uh, sort of second tier Mario game, but it's their RPG. It's what Super Mario RPG ended up evolving into turn based combat, uh, fun, quirky adventure uh, set place in kind of an alternative Mario universe. And this one uh, gives us a, a fun cross of the traditional Paper Mario artwork that we're used to seeing clashing with the origami king with this uh handcrafted folded paper style um this is the first time i've been excited about a paper mario game in a long time i think it looks really charming and really fun and kind of might fit into a game i'm actually interested in playing now uh my one thought before we hear from you guys on this one is i like the origami style but it's kind of been Nintendo's like just go-to thing. We had Yoshi's crafted world, Yoshi's woolly world, Kirby's epic yarn, like this whole alternative art style. That's handcrafted. It's, it's feeling almost a little played out. Like if, if those other games didn't come before this one, it would be mind blowing. It still looks really nice, but I'm less excited about the art style just because it's actually just sort of in the wheelhouse of what Nintendo has been doing for about five years now. I think I think you uh, you're right about that. I didn't think about those other games, but because I did own a Wii U, uh, I do own Paper Mario Color Splash, which was just another kind of weird thing around painting. So even that verse, like you said, Yoshi's Woolly World, the Crafted World, the it, it is a it is a regurgitating of a of an an idea around just like a different form of art every time, and it's cute, it's fun, but like you said, doesn't feel a little played out. I feel like this one hitting the origami side of it, like it felt fresh enough to me where I was like, oh, cool. And um, I had been wanting Color Splash to get ported to Switch. And that was like, that was enough for me where I was like, okay, I'm not going to pull out the Wii U and play Color Splash, but if it got ported to Switch, I would enjoy it. And now, now on top of that, you know, or now we're getting a brand new Paper Mario, and that's uh, it looks really cool. Like you said, it looks fun. Um, it's been long enough that I'm I'm ready for this RPG side of Mario, and uh, we also got a release date that was I think a little surprising to all of us. Yeah, out of nowhere, dropping that uh, July seventeenth on us. Uh, and th- I believe this announcement gives a little more credibility to all the Mario uh, leak rumors for the the Mario uh, ports that are coming from other systems and things like that, because I think Untitled Paper Mario game was part of those leaks. So there were some rumors for it, but we didn't expect it to be dropped out of nowhere. Just Nintendo just releases a video uh, and then they give us a date that is two months away. That was super unexpected. Uh, that this wouldn't have been a marquee announcement in a Nintendo Direct. You know, it's a Paper Mario is a big enough and beloved enough series that that could have been the anchor announcement for a Nintendo Direct. Is Paper Mario a day one pickup for you guys? It'd be a waste of money for me because I don't have a Switch. So <laughs> he doesn't have a Switch. Uh, <laughs> for me, there's a lot of interest. I got to see what I'm gaming on in July. Um, because we have the, the Pokemon expansion next month. So, and also my wife's interest, this is one of those games that I'd be more likely to purchase it. If she looks at it and says, yeah, I would like to play that. So, um, it might not be day one for me, but it's definitely something I'm interested in playing. I want to say going back to, Oh, go ahead. uh, 
not saying I want to say go back, going back to uh, uh, Deadite's first question. Um, uh, I think that the, uh, that I don't know. This is it's a safe. Uh, the artwork, the art um, theme is like a safe bet. I mean, I don't think that we are the target audience. Um, you know, they go for maybe like the kids, the teens, the um, the family friendly uh, vibe. So, I mean, when you look at those bright colors, look at the art uh, artwork like that. I mean, it just screams like family friendly. There is no question of, you know, if Mario's going to, you know, is he going to jump on a Goomba or is he going to take the Goomba out and get him a new pair of shoes? You know, you catch what I'm saying, you know, but um, it's, 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 it's just something soft and friendly. So, I mean, we might, we might get, get, be getting tired of the art, but I think um, they, I'm sure it's Nintendo, so they have to be testing it out. And I'm pretty sure that it's, uh, it's working. Well, I think about like my favorite Paper Mario is the uh, GameCube, um, GameCube edition, which was Paper Mario and um, Thousand Year Door. Thousand, yeah, Thousand Year Door, exactly. Like that, I really played. I, I'd say out of all Paper Mario games, I played that one the most and had a lot of fun. And when you think of like Paper Mario and then and then the follow up, which was Thousand Year Door, and then after that, like not counting the handheld editions, I'm thinking just like home console. You had the color splash, you have origami, and it's just like Super all, Paper Mario on yes, the Wii, which was very yeah. different. All of the um Mario games are bright colored, family friendly. Oh, that's Mario. Like I expect that look out of mm-hmm. Mario. That's never gonna bother me. But when I think of Mario, I think of like if I think about like the main series. Think about the evolution that we saw Mario go when we got Mario Galaxy, Mario, you mm-hmm. know, Mario 3D World. You know, like there was evolution to that. And so when I and Paper Mario, I mean, like, yeah, you're you, there's a little more limitation, I guess. But I'm more like interested in not just let's take out the, the painting aspect and add an origami aspect and keep everything else the same. So and I don't know that that that's the case. There's, there's going to be new mechanics. There's going to be some differences. But for me with what dead eyed said about you know the yoshi games the the kirby games all these things that are all using the same it does even if they didn't mean to it does start to feel like here's nintendo just beating a dead horse like they can do from time to time so nothing that's going to stop me from playing this game i think i'll i definitely will pick it up um it's a full price game for me i just don't know if it's a day one it really just depends on you know, the state of the world in July, um, as most stuff hopefully will be kind of moving again. And our, you know, my life will be a little bit different where I'll be actually be going to the office. So maybe this is that game that I want to pick up because my switch will be getting a little more use when I'm at the office, but, um, yeah, it looks cool. Let's move on to uh, the next game here. This one this one, uh, we don't have a picture for this one, right? I just want to make sure. Or do mm, I? No, 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 no. Okay. I thought it was just that one. No, there's two. Yeah, okay. So Tony Hawk Pro Skater Remake got announced. Yeah. Yes, let's go. Let's go. How can I forget? Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 got announced. Um, and that's coming out in September. I believe September 4th. Am I correct? Yep, that's right. Forty dollars. So it's my birthday gift. Somebody get it for me. I got you. Okay. I got you. It's a must. But 
Yeah, uh, Tony Hawk wanted to some of the best Tony Hawk games uh, that when we grew up, we, we lived with these games, uh, is getting a full-blown remake. It looks beautiful. Uh, it's got most of the original soundtrack. Uh, they're adding some new sound, you know, some new songs to replace some of the ones that they had an issue with licensing. But overall, this looks fantastic. The screenshots look really good. Uh, it has there's a cool collector's edition that got announced that it comes with. It's ninety nine dollars and it comes with an official Birdhouse Tony Hawk deck. That's got. Like, what? I don't know how that's possible. I don't even know how it's a hundred dollar edition that yeah. gives you a deck. Yeah, a birdhouse deck. Like that's a name yeah. brand. What? Yeah, and it's uh, it's pre ordering now. A black, a black deck with the. Um, and it's not a mini deck. It's a full deck. Full deck with the with the skeleton bird on it. It's, yeah. Yeah. Tony Hawk bird. Yep. It is sweet looking. So. Anyways, I'm really excited for this. 40 bucks. You got me. I'm day one all all the way. I'm going to have some fun with this game for sure with friends just uh, messing around old school Tony Hawk. Here's, they added online multiplayer. So September 4th, etching out the evening, Grim and I are going to be collecting skate letters going up yeah. against each other getting yes. high scores. Yeah. It's going down. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a day one because Tony Hawk 1 and 2 – uh, if like there's like a, a video game hall of fame in my yeah. personal life, just love the Tony Hawk games. They are so fun. Even when I went back two years ago and did a playthrough of Tony Hawk one, I still loved it just as much as when I was a kid. The games are still tremendously fun. Yep. And they're also uh, they're adding like skins, like their older skins to them. Yeah. So we're gonna run. Around, we're gonna be skating with old man Tony Hawk. <laughs> Yeah, they'll have the OG skins in there, but you'll be able to age them if you want, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, and in it, it, I think we talked about this in the Discord. You know, people there like, well, I'm usually anti-port games and and remakes, but this is like one of those games. It's like, listen, they haven't made a good skate game since the 360 with skate. And, um, you know, as far as Tony Hawk, he has, it's been a long time since Tony Hawk's had a good game. Um, I think we all remember the nightmare of Tony Hawk five. And then before that, before that, all I have to say is Tony Hawk ride. And we know where that went. Oh, it rolled right to the trash. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I am, I'm really excited for this and I can't wait to pick it up. This is a, um, I'm doing a muster bust right now. It's a must 1000%. (laughs) But uh, real quick, favorite song, favorite song from Tony Hawk, from Tony Hawk game. Oh man, I don't know. Any Tony Hawk game or just one and two? Any, any Tony Hawk. Oh, oh okay, from one and two. Oh, because I, I had an answer. Oh um, boy. All right, any Tony Hawk game. We'll make it easy for you. Tony Hawk three, the first time I ever heard a song that is one of my favorite songs ever written. I'm in the foundry, which was the first level in Tony Hawk 3, and then boom do ding 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 boom ding 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 the aces fades. The yes. I was like, what is this song? It's amazing. First time I heard Motorhead was playing Tony Hawk 3. Influential in my life. I'm a huge Motorhead fan. Drew? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see if Well Grim thinks a little bit if we're talking game one and two, uh Superman by Goldfinger. I think was in the the first oh, game. Oh yeah, Superman by Gold. Yep, yep. That's that's yep. in there. Yep, you're right. So so while, yeah, while he's getting it together, mine is uh, it's it's called uh, was it Dell the Funky Homo Sapien? If you must, that was like that one has stuck with me for years. It's important to practice good hygiene, at least if you want to roll with my man. 
Look it up. Look it up. It's it's one of my favorites. Now, I'm trying to... I guess between... I'll pick two. I was like... I was probably like Deadite when, when I started playing and I heard Rage Against the Machine on there. Ooh. <laughs> That's probably the one that like like sticks with me. But I I honestly forgot... That isn't Gorilla Radio on one of the, on yes! the soundtrack for yeah. two? Yeah, I think so. First yeah. time I heard Rage. Yeah, I was playing that game, and yeah, it was just amazing. And then I remember getting Battle for Los Angeles, this and and just loving that that whole album. And it was because of the game, honestly. And I could say that for uh, several games of that like era where I picked up like my first Seether song or something like that from a video game. But the ones that that. I not that they're a huge band, but Power Man Five Thousand made an ex- made an appearance in yep. Hawk, and so did yep. um, Papa Roach. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like you know, like Papa Roach probably more so than Power Man, but like Power Man Five Thousand had like that one hit that I was like obsessed with. It was through the game. So shut up, Blood but, Brothers. The song. Papa Roach. Yeah. Oh, Papa Roach! I think was. Even Last even, Resort, I think, was in Tony Last Hawk. Resort, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which one was Cut my life into pieces. Yeah. <laughs> what was that one where the, the chorus was, I forgot how it went, but it was like, it's in our nature to kill each other. It's in our nature. Dang it. Uh, is, that, is, my is, that, is that even rude? I think sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. I think that's the <sighs> name of the song. Be fired with the you have a computer in front of you, so I mean, there's this thing called Google. If I, <laughs> I, I was bummed that uh, the sure. Anthrax, Anthrax, and Public Enemy bring the noise did not make the soundtrack this time due to licensing, and because I love that song. Yeah, we'll pull up the track. I'm gonna pull up the soundtrack list for the uh, for the post show. There you go. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's our news. We're gonna move into our discussion topic, but yeah, uh, those are gonna be you know some really cool games coming out and unreal engine five is going to show us the future of gaming. So if you have anything you want to talk about those topics, uh, hit the discord, join the discord today, talk with gamers from around the world. If you're not watching this live and clicking on the discord button in our description, then just head on over to gameslittlemedia.com and right on the community tab, you will find a button to join the discord and you can come hang out with us and have a good time. That's where we spend all of our week, uh, talking video games when we're not doing the show. So, Man, I honestly just remember the last time I played Tony Hawk 3, I set the soundtrack to only play Ace of Spades. I mean, this was like four or five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I I sat there for like four hours just listening to Ace of Spades. (laughs) Ace of Spades! Wow. Nice. Very nice. Well, all right. So um, that's our tack on the news for these topics and much more. Visit the website gameslittlemedia.com. Let's move into our discussion topic today, which is Deadite's topic. We're going to let him run with it. So why don't you let the people know what we're going to talk about? Elon Musk. So so the heart of this conversation is coming down to when meta in gaming goes wrong. And our gear started turning when I was reading a story about... Um, the Met 20 championship series that was completed uh, over the last week in the, in the winner of the Madden Bowl played a high level of meta to win the game in a way that sounds not fun at all, sounds frustrating, and if I was playing against this person, I would have rage pooped my pants. <laughs> so the way that this Madden championship series worked 
is they had a draft. They had salary caps, and they could draft players, and they could set up their own team, and then they played through this tournament. Well, the person who won the tournament spent all of his... Again, it's clever. I'm not going to deny that the guy is smart. I'm just... I'd be enraged to play against him. He spent all of his money on defense, offensive linemen, and running backs, and then didn't draft a quarterback. <laughs> and he ran run plays. And again, this is annoying. If you're someone that follows football, you understand why this wouldn't work in real life, why this would be annoying. If you're just a video game fan, you're like, so what? He just outsmarted everybody. So I think there is an aspect of annoyance as someone who enjoys football in, in me. Running plays started a kicker at the position of quarterback because he didn't draft a quarterback and then just won the game 17 to zero, just running plays the whole time and locking down the defense. And yeah, you can't deny that the strategy worked, but also that's not how the game's supposed to be played. And that's what's annoying about it to me. Well, who are you to decide how a game is supposed to be played? football is a real thing <laughs> and this is supposed to be a simulation of that then, that's like then, you're if, playing forza that, and some guy figures out how to edit his car to fly you're like this is a race and you're like yeah you know it's a video okay. game though i think you took that too far because all he did was put football players in the wrong position mm -hmm. i could put steve eiserman in goalie in, in nhl it just doesn't mean he's, just, he's not going to be the all-star that he is like that you know that that's where I'm sitting here is like if you want to go out and and I don't know how this draft worked I didn't I didn't pay attention like did the other player realize what this was doing or were these drafts like invisible to each other they didn't know until they hit the field because I feel like they would I feel like the other team would have saw what was happening I feel like drafts are public yeah like, I don't I don't know they didn't doing. they didn't give me that in the so like the if the guy could see what he was doing and go oh this guy's an idiot I'm going to beat him in a traditional form then that was his bad call and he lost because of it he gambled but this other guy decided to take a to take a, a strategy of I don't need a real quarterback there's plenty of NFL teams that don't have a real quarterback we are in Detroit we don't have a quarterback. So don't you, talk team. about Maddie like that. Don't talk about <laughs> Matthew Stafford like that. So if you want to invest all your all your money into the best offensive line and put it put Ezekiel Elliott behind it and be the Dallas Cowboys and just run it down people's throats, you can do that. Oh, I don't, don't disrespect why, Dak like that. I don't know why <laughs> Dak's a joke. I don't know why you would put or, or why you would <laughs> actually put a kicker in in as quarterback other than the fact that like you, you wanted to troll a little bit because I think in a draft you could have picked like a garbage quarterback and still and still had a quarterback there but you know I don't know the full the full story there but my whole thing is this is a this is a choice I don't believe this was a a, a tournament correct there were multiple yeah rounds. the guy won sixty five thousand dollars yeah yeah he didn't run this strategy every every round of the playoffs or of the tournament that I'm it aware of. It doesn't say. I, that I'm aware of. So to me, it's like, okay, he made a call. He made a gamble call in the biggest game of the tournament and it paid off. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not mad at this guy. 
Well, it's I, like I am. I am <laughs> mad at this guy because it's people like him that make video games not fun to play against people. You just want to you want to have an honorable square up match. And this guy's out there like, yeah, I'm going to do something shitty and weird and win. I, I'm not all about that. That's not really, manning up. Is it That'd really like, shitty and weird? We just talked about the Dallas Cowboys. That's what they do. They're Hand shitty them all and weird. The Zeke and let them run. And then they you pay, will not they, you will not be on here pay, and defend the Dallas Cowboys. And then they pay Dak. They pay Dak just so that they look like a normal team because they have all that excess money. So they might as well. So yeah. what you're what you're saying is him doing that will be tantamount for me sniping, uh, sniping people with a shotgun on Modern Warfare. No, I when disagree I say, with these with these examples. No, no, I'm asking. I'm asking. I'm asking. I'm I'm, I'm just asking because there's no way. That, there's no way that I that I should be um, um we're at the gas station and sniping a guy that's in the uh in the was it the watchtower at the airport. I should not be able to do that. There's so, a problem. I mean, there's a problem but, here. But the problem the problem in that would be explode would be me exploiting that because the shotgun is OP. And if I'm able to snipe with it, I should get like the one kill whatever from from that range. But that's that goes into like the background, like the developer. Developers, it's on them to, to correct that because it's not accurate. It's supposed to be real life. Nope. Are we done? Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here's why your example right, right, is wrong. Okay. You took okay. A sh- you took right. a sh- well, not wrong, but why it doesn't fit with Madden. Okay. Okay. You took a okay. shotgun. Uh huh. And you manipulated it into a sniper. That would be the same if that would be the same because you're sniping mm-hmm. with it. You you're sniping yeah. with it. Long range right, right. shotgun. Okay. Uh huh. If Madden, if this Madden situation, if if Deadite would have came out and said that the guy took a kicker and put the kicker in his quarterback and then threw 20 touchdowns with the kicker, that would be a problem. He didn't. He put a kicker at quarterback and didn't use him. He handed the ball off to a real running back and a real offensive line and dominated the game. Oh, and so he's just he was, delivery man. Yeah, and when he he's just delivery man. Hey, kicker. You 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 still have good hands because you kicked the ball or whatever. Maybe it was a you're, you're on this one, Dad. I, yeah. yeah. So like <laughs> that's my whole example here is that you can't compare those because it's not the same situation. But if yeah, if Dead Eye would have came out and said yeah, uh, I put Sebastian Janikowski as my quarterback and threw 17 touchdowns in the final, yeah. Then I I would sit there and say they're but, a perfect comparison. But I do I, I do feel them. It is it is a matter of disrespect to that. I'm just saying. I'm saying because oh, I mean it's I feel some. I, Don't get me I, wrong. It's I a feel troll. Some kind of way. It's a it's troll. Like, you know what? Because you know what? You, you're sitting there with your lineup like I'm going to ruin this man. Listen, I'm going to ruin this man. Like. sitting on sitting on free agency for probably free. He could have added them and put them into his quarterback, but he picked a kicker instead. There's a troll I, level to it. I'm just I'm saying make- what he did wasn't a complete, like, you know, I, I don't know. He still had to play defense. Yeah. So, how you know, he still... Doesn't defense kind of, like, automatically play itself in Madden? I don't no, know. No, not, like a, just runs not, a profession, not a Well, I mean, yeah, for us. But at a professional level, these guys have... They have strategy. They they have they have ways that they want to uh, win the game. What was the score? Do we know what the score was in this game? 17 to 0. <laughs> So the guy's good at Madden. It's not just a Big Ten football score. (laughs) Or the other person was bad. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. This dude was a defensive genius, and then he just scored a couple. It's not like he ran it up like I found a loophole and won 50 to nothing. He won 17 to nothing. Yeah, like playing with Bo Jackson and uh, (laughs) Pentecostal. 
<laughs> I don't think this is a problem, but but r- surrounding surrounding the thought, <laughs> surrounding the thought of a, a meta in gaming that can ruin something for you, uh, ruin an experience, you know, not not in a tournament level of pros trying to find an edge on each other necessarily, but for within our world, which it was you know how we presented this to me, I would say yes, I've experienced it many times, a lot of them revolving around card games. You know, things like Magic the Gathering or when game when card games went digital and Hearthstone became really popular, the the meta would be here's the type of deck that wins ninety-five percent of the time. And it would be some cheapo speed deck or something like that that I just hated. I did like my favorite cards were like some big you know, like when I thought of um magic, I would have these decks that I like I would build out of like me and what I like, you know, like, oh, this nature creature is super strong and, I, and I'm not going to be able to get it out till turn 10, but it's going to be fun when I do get it to, you know, win or lose, it'll be fun when I get it out on the playing field, except the decks I played against were all speed decks that ended the game by turn six. So I was never going to get there. And so, you know, it was stuff like that, that ruined, ruined that for me. Um, and ruined Hearthstone compared to, like, say, Heroclix. I felt Heroclix was a lot more of a unique game because you would just say, you get 500 points. Build your team. Some people would build a team that was an army of cheapos. Some people would buy would would have two two characters, and you'd have a you'd have an interesting battle uh, in that type of game. But you know, there was still there's still meta to it, and. I don't know. I I think of that in games where even Pokemon. When I listen to um, when I listen to Deadite talk about the competitive scene of Pokemon and how for for a while there there was really one squad. You had this group of Pokemon, and you fought it out, and you just you, there was strategy within the match, but the actual roster that you went into that match was very small as far as options if you wanted the best chance to win. And when it gets to that, like, I remember when we tried to do our, like, Pokemon League, where we had, like, ten different people, and they all built a a roster, and then we would, every week we would have matches. Well, people like me and and Owl Zero, we built our team off of our favorite Pokemon, not off of what meta works. And so we got obliterated week after week and i was like you know what this isn't fun i quit so my answer to deadite's question is when i when this does happen i just stop playing it literally ruins the game for me and i stop playing and i don't go back to it usually at least that type of competition side i mentioned earlier i don't play i don't really play overwatch anymore because i was tired of facing divas the most overused and garbage ass character in the game God, with a stupid so diva bomb and shield in the front and, and and you blow it up and then all of a sudden she's out of the suit shooting at you trash ass character and every dummy in the world plays it and i was like i can't play this game anymore i'm tired of playing against stupid divas yeah but you Pull played him one, in here time out you played one you played one character in overwatch I played three characters one main character one three. roadhog this guy that has a cheap ass hook that pulls you into a gun that has the widest spread of damage because it's mm-hmm. just a junk shotgun and and i mean you want to talk about cheapo he also has a gas mask where he just heals himself i'm healed now 
He's a tight. You're not gonna. You're not gonna make me feel bad about main of a man Roadhog. My problem with you, my, and just know that that diva players are subhuman. My problem, hey, hey, my hey. whole problem with your hate is that you literally play a tank and you're hating on a tank. Because uh, diva's a garbage ass tank. <laughs> That that's my whole thing. I'm like I'm like, come on, man! Just because you got owned by a good diva, you killed many. You probably owned plenty of bad divas. You just can't handle a good diva. That's all. That that'd be there like are going, no good divas. There's only cheap divas. That'd be like going to school and get beat up by the bully. Like this entire school sucks. Do you remember? Um, there's some yeah, like, but the bully got held back five times because he's a moron. Like diva you, players. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> he always times that well when yeah, when you're taking a sip of something. Do you remember early on um, Overwatch, uh, we would play the mode where you could pick the same characters, right? So mm-hmm. you get a whole team of divas. This is where divas, oh my god, this is where divas are broken. You pick all divas, and on certain maps, you would go to like where it was out of bounds, and because you could fly, you could literally fly across this section and land on another spot of the map, and then backdoor the other team with five divas. Giggity. That was a little bit. That, that's a little bit broken, but but still, that also that, wasn't like a real match of of, of Overwatch. That was like, the last was, time like we played together. Play. Remember that the last that was the last time we played together. The, all of us picked divas, and I was like, okay, let's all wait until we get our ults and set off at the same time. We were playing on that one map. I think it was Temple of Anubis, and the team was like we were ready to claim it, and then we just launched an air from all sides and just launched our our mechs at them and nuked. And nuked them and won the game, and they all like exited out. Yeah. And after the next time we played, is when you couldn't pick the same person any anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Diva's not that bad. When you think about a kicker as a quarterback or Diva, I mean, I definitely have a lot more respect for the guy that puts a kicker as quarterback <laughs> and the person plays Diva. <laughs> God, there's so much, so much hate. You want to play some Overwatch this week? Hey. No, we already grew up playing Rocket League this week. Yeah, but we gotta also fill in the other days of gaming, so maybe Overwatch. Overwatch, Fork Knife, Rocket League, and uh, League of Legends. Man, one of those sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rocket League. Oh, in Minecraft. In Minecraft. What about you, Miggy? Did you have anything else you wanted to add on this topic as far as like meta gaming and it stressing you out or bugging you? I think you mentioned something about Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I don't know if this is the same effect if you're hearing the proper uh, um proper uh explanation of it. But Modern Warfare Two, uh, real quick, there was this uh there was this one map when you're on the rooftops, and there was this um one spot that you I guess you weren't supposed to get to, but through some intricate way of hopping up certain things on the ladders and everything, you could actually get on top of uh, the roof and use it as like a sniper's nest. But it was like it was like really intricate to get up to. And we, me and my team would just like go up there and we would like camp up there. Yes, yes, camp. Back in the day, I was, I was, and no shame. So but, you're um, admitting we that just, you actually use this exploit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, back in the day, in my younger days, I had no shame. Um, <laughs> but we would just use it and constantly uh, just like take team out. Like they would come running trying to get to us. And there was only one way up there. So we would put like Claymore there. So as soon as they would get up there, oh, you hear the click, beep, boom. It's called the, so, uh, it's called the teddy bear glitch, they call it. Yeah. yeah, the uh, che- and all che- ha- cheeseburger in mixer chat right now is literally saying it's called the te- teddy bear glitch. I remember that one. Yep, and all you had to all they had to do was put a patch there was like an invisible brick or something right there to prevent you from being able to jump there, and that's all they had to do. But it was there. We exploited it, and we had many a victory. 
So wait, I'm confused. You said that you didn't like this, yet you benefited from it. I didn't say I didn't like it. Oh. Well, okay, okay. When another team got up there and they used it against us, that's why I didn't like it. I mean, it's the same problem. But, with, it's the same problem with Rust, right? People would climb climb the center, uh, the center structure, oh, yeah, and snipe another. down at Rust. And you could still do that on the new Rust within Modern Warfare, but it's but, but it's easier to. Uh, take care of the people that are up there you can't you can't like hide and still shoot down like you could in the past yeah back there i mean back then you could i mean it was meant to i guess to be able to get up there the uh the rooftop one was like harder to get to like it wasn't i guess it wasn't meant to be up there yeah i mean we could think about like the old game like going back in old games and i'm like I think it's so common people glitching through the wall to the point where they can see the wire diagram of the whole world. So you could see every player on the map Oh yeah! at all times. And then you could shoot them. You could be sniping from a mile away and you could actually hit somebody because there was no such thing as bullet drop at that during that time. So, okay. Like that's bad, but that's, that's old games. I mean, like pick out a game and tell me that there's not some sort of real bad, like even halo and, and some of the, uh, the glitches that people used at a pro level because it, Bungie wasn't going to fix it. Um, but if I think of like meta, right back to meta and, and less of less of exploit, I think of modern warfare right now, because I, the game I play, I play Warzone a ton. And I think of things like akimbo pistols. So here's a pistol. (laughs) Here's a pistol, a secondary weapon that you can level up, take some time, but you can level it up and you can get a perk called Akimbo, that lets you have two of them. But the problem is, is that after you have two of them, you throw these certain parts on there, and they basically act as double shotguns. So if you are short, if you are close range, you don't, just just give up. Just don't even try, because <laughs> you're dead. And yep. so, it's, and what it, what's happened is, you've, we've watched meta affect loadout within the game. So everyone was running with that gun and or those guns i should say and then they nerfed it a little bit and i was like yay cool maybe that won't happen to me when i walk through a door and just get obliterated in less than a second with full armor and everything well this is the problem with meta and this is the problem i had with this topic about how like we could fix it. We can we could we can make it better. Well, when you when you change something and you nerf it into the ground Something else is born. And nine times out of ten, it's worse than the first thing you were dealing with. Because right now, I'm dealing with an actual shotgun now that everyone runs around with that is the most OP thing I've ever seen in a video yep. game. This was, was right after I, this is right after I said, man, Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Warzone is the first game that I don't have a problem with shotguns. First game, don't have a problem. After last night, I have a problem with shotguns in this game because, oh ah! my God, is this automatic shotgun thing. I don't know the name of it or whatever, but whatever this gun is, it's garbage. And it's because they nerfed, they nerfed the other thing that you know was, was dominating and keeping shotguns at bay, and now shotguns are the thing. And then they'll nerf hey, those hey, and something else will happen. Remember first release of Hammers in Destiny? 
<laughs> yes. When the Titan Hammer How that just came made out, you want to quit? When the Titan yeah. Hammer came out, I was like, wow, way to shit on every other faction of this game. Yeah. It was the most the second you saw it the second it happened to you the first time. The first time you got obliterated by hammers or you thought you got away, only thirty seconds later to get obliterated by a hammer that was still happening was the second you quit the game, fired up a new character, made a titan, and said, I'm getting some hammers, because it was so ridiculous. Yeah. But, just, but see, what, what that did with Destiny is it made us play, it made us play that, that game. We played the game. We played the meta. You know, I don't like the meta changes that force you to just fall out of the game. The, the meta changes that make you play the game, that make you go, all right, all right, if that's how you're going to play, I'm going to play that way too. I don't care if it seems cheap. I'm just going to level the playing ground, and I'm also going to have hammers. Or like I did, I went and got my akimbos and, and ran around with them and, and played that game. Um I'm more okay with that because it inspires, like it, it motivates me. It gives me a goal. It gives me something to work towards. And then you get to it, and then right when you get to it, because you weren't the first person to get to it, you know, you you're the follower. You're the sheep. Um, that's when they nerf it, and, and you're like, oh, yeah. oh, cool. Well, now I'm getting killed by shotguns. And I don't have that shotgun. And you know, you only go through that cycle a couple times where you're like, fuck, it's not worth my time. And that's the hard thing is like if this strategy in Madden that started this conversation becomes the meta and that's the way people play Madden that kills that game. Cause that's not a fun way to play that game. Yeah. And that's my problem is when these like deep thought metas make the game, not fun for either yourself to try to comply to or yourself to try to compete against. And that's what can really kill a game. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about knives. It's all about knives and call of duty. All right, well, that's that's our discussion topic. Hopefully you had you enjoyed it. Um, I think this is a great one to keep going in the Discord. So join the Discord, hop on over to the GameZilla podcast channel, and let's talk about some of your favorite or least favorite meta changes or exploits, whatever, uh, in gaming. I saw some in Mixer revolving around Halo from Ghostwalker, talking about um, you know more Destiny stuff from Nico. So I'd like to hear what, what drove you nuts, because before the Hammers, I hated Hunters in Destiny. I thought Hunters were so strong. They were. They were oh, so the blade strong. Dance? The Blade Dance, man. Huh. Yeah. You could not, uh, if, you, if you saw it, if you could see the hunter in Blade Dance, you were dead. That's all it meant. If you saw him pop it, it didn't matter. It was on the other side of the map. You you were just like, there were times where I just sat my controller down. I was like, well, not getting away from this. And I I played the warlock, you know, so I knew I knew where I was screwed. But anyways, I'd love to hear some of your other ones. Um, it's it's fun. It's frustrating, but it is a part of gaming, and hopefully. There hasn't been too many games that have been ruined for you because of it. But, um, yeah, share your share your memories uh, or your current frustrations in our Discord. All right, a uh, quick Zilla update for everybody. We'll just uh, go through a gaming moment of the week or whatever. We'll start it off with Miggy rotating it up. That was Miggy's. Okay, now we're moving on to somebody else's. I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> What's your game? It kind of froze on me for a split second. Yeah, I noticed. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't have much of a big uh, gaming moment of the of the week. Um, 
I spent the weekend with his gaming time uh, being a weeb and absorbing a lot of anime. But um, I did make a couple of important purchases, though. Oh, yeah? Um, I I uh, perused around um, eBay and uh, bought a couple of games. One, which is um, uh, Yakuza Dead Souls for the PlayStation 3, which, I mean, just takes you, like, takes you into the, plops you into the world of Yakuza and uh, puts zombies in there, and you get the same ridiculousness of a Yakuza game, and they add zombies to it. Um, and I purchased another game, um, thanks to our, our our boys over at The Legend of Retro. Uh, Orf- Orphan uh, Scion of Sorcery. Uh, so hopefully next weekend I'll be stabbing orphans. So, um, oh. yeah, if you got questions about stabbing orphans, check out The Legend of Retro. Check out, check out The Legend of Retro. The Gamezilla podcast does not endorse orphan stabbing. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea what the Legend of Retro. <laughs> That's a Legend of Retro here. thing. They can stab orphans. That's not happening on our show. Uh, my gaming, mo- <laughs> my, my gaming moment of the week is what I thought for sure Mickey was going to steal, um, and he didn't. So I appreciate it. We had a night to remember when it came to Warzone, and uh, it was oh yeah, it was amazing. Um, first first game of the night, we won. Owl Zero and I doing a duo squad, which doesn't exist in Warzone, so we were playing in groups of trios. We run uh, just the two, and we won. It was great. Uh, and then we went on a you know cold streak. He went to bed. It kind of looked like the night was falling apart, and I was able to get Sean Flack to join with um, with me. And then Miggy, I was like, hey, hey, uh, Miggy, there's this uh, this anime pack. There's this anime pack in the store right now. Because he was like, nah, I'm not gonna get on. I'm not gonna get on. I'm like, all right, fine, I'm fine. But uh, there is an anime pack right now that might be gone tomorrow. Miggy just saying. So he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm on my way. So he buys the pack, you know, and he gets on. We, <laughs> we start playing our first round. It's uh, it, it's uh, myself, BMC, Sean Flack, and Miggy. Okay, we're running quads. First game's warm-up for a lot of them. We do okay, and, and we get into our next game. Next game, have a really good game, we win it. It was a good game. We had we had, uh, had some good fights, really good communication, and Sean Flack pulled out a strategy that I haven't tried yet where somebody hits a loadout late in the game and pulls a riot shield out, which is a moving wall that you can hide behind and play a meta that probably would piss off Deadite. So <laughs> we uh, we ended the game in, in pretty open field, and I was just standing behind Flack and then popping out, sniping, and then popping back in because there was no real wall to hide behind. It was literally like two trees and a field. And we win. So when you win this game, what I I still am not used to is it takes you out to the main menu, but it auto cues you up. And I didn't realize it. So we're just sitting there. We're talking about the win. We're like, that was so awesome. That was Sean Flack's first win. BMC's first win. Awesome. Cool. And then it kicks into another game. So I'm like, well, we'll just play. Everyone's like, well, I was going to work on my loadouts and build a riot shield thing because Sean Flack inspired everybody. And we're like, yeah, well, we'll just get through this one and then you, we can we can do that and we can call it a night. Well, we win it. Back-to-back wins. We've never done that in Warzone before. Back-to-back wins. And uh, you guessed it. The riot shield strategy once again came out at the end of the game and uh, worked really well, except a little bit different this time. Riot shield helped us. 
Uh, I went down late in the game, so I just started becoming a shot caller, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, Flack and BMC are left, and it's against two other people. Flack goes down, and the guy turns his, one of the both of them turn on BMC. They don't finish Flack. Flack has a self revive. He self revives up, and we have a clip of this that we'll have to share it out. He pulls his shield out. Slams the guy right next to him who's shooting at BMC, pulls the shield <laughs> away, pulls out a shotgun, offs the dude. That causes the other one to turn towards Flack because he's like, because I'm sure his buddy's like, oh my god, the other guy's back up. He turns to Flack. Flack pulls his pulls his shield back out. Well, guess who else had? A, they knocked BMC down, but BMC has a self revive. So again, it shifts the attention back to Flack. So BMC self revives himself. Flack goes down, but BMC is now up one v one. Here's where the story is unbelievable. But he swears up and down this happened. BMC owns a Samsung TV that, if you don't touch the TV remote within a certain amount of time, a shutdown timer box pops up on your screen. Kid you not, this is what he told me. We win that match. After we're out of the match, he goes, I'm not going to lie, guys. I didn't even see the guy that I killed. We're like, what do you mean you didn't see the guy? How'd you kill him? Well, we had this warning box that popped up, and the guy wasn't anywhere on the screen that I could see, so I assumed he was behind the box, and I just shot at the box on the screen and killed him. That's how we won the second round. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we were all, yeah, we were all super, like, the adrenaline was just like, we needed to go to bed. It was like three in the morning. And I'm like, I have to go like play something else or watch something to like calm down. BMC like stayed in the chat. Everybody went to bed. BMC stayed in the chat. We both went and played separate video games and just kind of talked for a bit, calmed down and went to bed. It was a good night. Three wins. Good night of Warzone. What do you got that I? Mine's short and sweet. And we already talked about a little bit on the pre-show. Over the weekend, I messaged Grim and I was like, hey, man, you want a game? You want to play Warzone? You want to play Rocket League, the two cross-play games? Because I'm playing PlayStation. I know he's got the Xbox set up right now. And what we decided is we were going to play some Rocket League while Grim shot over a message over to our man Five Mile Rick to see if he wanted to get Call of Duty going. So that way, you know, we're, we're going to game on Rocket League regardless. We get into the Rocket League and we're clicking because I'm. it's been like eight months or more since Grim and I just queued up in twos together, which is our bread and butter. And it was just like old times. Like we're clicking, we're passing the ball, we're rotating. We're both not playing like total garbage. Uh, and our chemistry and our flow was going. Uh, so we only got three rounds in before we switched over to playing Call of Duty uh, with Rick. But uh, it got me the, the itch to play some more Rocket League. So hopefully Grim and I will... Uh, stream on his Grimlock channel some Rocket League this week. Yeah, I think it's going to happen Thursday. I think I think we're we're planning on Thursday. And that yeah, that's my game moment. Right. Nice and easy. All right, easy enough. Well, that's our gaming moments of the week. We want to hear your gaming moments and you can do so in the Discord. So again, join the Discord if you're listening to this and you weren't able to be hanging out on mixer.com slash gamezillamedia. Then just go to gamezilla.com, click on the community tab and join the Discord. Hang out with us every day talking video games. That's it. We're going to wrap it up. That is episode 313 of the Games Little Podcast. This is our 313 episode, Detroit area code representing... Yeah, Miggy, where'd you go? Miggy? 
Miggy's gone, but while Miggy is gone, I do have to remind everyone, uh, GameZilla Media has other great podcasts like Noiseland Arcade, our Simpsons show, Last Action Podcast, all about action movies, Noobs and Dragons, Tabletop, Dungeons and Dragons Storytelling, uh, and uh, Legend of Retro, Retro Gaming Podcast. All those shows available, GameZillaMedia.com. That's it, guys. Once again, we want to thank our patrons. It's a it's a, it is. It's the internet. Hello, internet. But uh, no, thank you again to all of our patrons uh, who support us, help us, help us create all this content for you every week. Uh, hopefully, you enjoy all the shows that that this uh, great team produces that Dead I just talked about. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Uh, here, everyone on Mixer.com slash GamesLittleMedia. Thank you for all the new follows and uh, the embers and everything else that we get while we're doing this show live. So um, that about wraps it up. Uh, just remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on. <laughs>